0: Welcome to Sherpa's Talking Shop, brought to you by the folks at Sherpa Marketing.
1: Oh, baby! The gentlemen are back. It is another edition of the Sherpa's Talking Shop podcast. I'm Stu Moffat, and I'm here as always with my man, Mikey B. Hey. And in the house, we have producer Noah with his first appearance on the Sherpa's Talking Shop podcast. Noah, we're happy to have you. How you doing, my friend?
2: I'm doing great, Stu. It's great to be here. I'm excited to finally have my say in the Sherpa's Talking Shop podcast.
1: You're gonna be very critical of myself and Mike, I bet, on the podcast, because we probably drive you crazy with all our mm's and ah's.
2: Well, you guys keep me on my feet. I've been getting a lot better at editing and posts since working at Sherpa. Uh, And that's thanks to Stu and Mike for giving me content to have to edit. So I thank you guys.
1: We're happy to have you, my friend. So on the pod today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about brands' involvement in political issues. Obviously a lot has gone down in the US of A and as well as Canada in the last little bit. So it's been interesting to see personalities and brands taking a stand on those issues. We're going to talk a bit about augmented versus virtual reality. And then finally, the impact of peer-to-peer marketing on tourism. So I'm pretty fired up, but before we get into it, I want to talk a bit about summer. I know we've been absent. We haven't stopped thinking about you guys. We got a lot of good content in the pipeline, a lot of good ideas for the podcast coming out. uh, But we are just recalibrated and ready to kick it all off right now. With that though, Mikey B, how was summer? Tell me about Texas. Tell me about alcohol and analytics. I know those were two big ones that you just went through.
3: Texas is great. Southern hospitality, great food, great drinks. One thing that actually stood out to me when I was in the airport was a specific ad. So when I first got to Dallas, I've always used Uber when I've arrived in a city. I just re-download the app. The brand Lyft, the ride-sharing app, actually had a very engaging and dynamic design for their promotion in the airport, and it was everywhere. And it just kind of offered you a promotion, and I instantly downloaded Lyft and had a great experience with that ride-sharing platform as well, which is interesting.
1: 50 free dollars, is that what it was? Yeah. I will say, I think especially because they're going head to head against Uber, I think the Pink Panther color tone really differentiates them. It seems a lot more fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uber seems a little too serious, whereas Lyft, you got that fun font and palette. And I'm sure Noah, you know, you might want to chime in because you're all about the the color palettes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, A more vibrant and colorful color palette, to me, communicates a more engaging and fun service. I feel like, Uber is really, it's just black and white. So in comparison to Uber, it looks a lot more engaging and targeted towards a younger audience. Uber is trying to make the passenger uh, feel secure. After seeing Lyft's promotional material, it looks a little more risky than Uber's. And that's just something you have to do in order to get people's attention nowadays.
1: The interesting thing is that Lyft is, I think, the safer brand because they have higher credentials for drivers. But that being said, that's gonna be a learning experience for you as you actually experience the brand. Mm-hmm. Cool, Mikey. Tell me about alcohol and analytics.
3: Alcohol and analytics, too, is a great time.
1: The second shot.
3: The second shot. So I got to speak this time, spoke a little bit about how users actually use the application Snapchat and how you advertise that on that application and how the UX on the app actually is a totally different environment than some of its clones, like on Facebook, like on Instagram. They have the same features. So do a lot of social media apps. But the way people use Snapchat and the things that they're coming out with are more innovative. They're definitely a lot more progressive and you don't really think of things that way so they kind of force you to use the app in a different way.
1: I'm really curious to see, uh, like you're saying, because they're so innovative, You know, will they win in the end? Obviously they have that new release we were talking about a little earlier where Based on locations where you're Snapchatting, they can take it one step further and have a Google My Business location and a click through to, you know, if it's a hotel, you're at a pool party in Vegas, you can actually see if there's available rooms once you click through from that location tag. So they're doing all this innovative stuff and the fact that they're bringing businesses into it, probably a smart idea on their part.
3: You can look up that location that from that Snap that a friend sent you and then click the button to Lyft or Uber there as.
1: Very cool. Speaking of Lyft and Uber, my man Noah bikes here every day because he's a swaggy guy. Likes uh, taking the old two wheeler to work. Noah, tell the people about yourself. So yeah, I bike
2: to work because I don't have a car or a license. But since I sit at the desk staring at a screen for most of the day, I feel like biking to work is definitely worth it. I'm not getting much exercise when I get to Sherpa, other than the constant thrill of tight deadlines and doing good work. But other than that, it's not a lot of calories burning, guys.
3: Some fun facts about Noah. He's amazing with all things animation or video production. Very, very talented designer. Came from Red River and To let you know kind of who he is and his style, he's wearing a a local Middle Province shirt right now, a sweater, and then underneath is a Hey Arnold graphic t-shirt. Yeah, I might try to steal that from him.
2: You gotta stick with what you know. And for me, cartoons have been a part of my life for so long, you can't really grow out of it. I know Stu is a lot more into the live action television, I'm a lot more engaged and uh, impressed by cartoons and animation. I believe I have a good understanding of the effort that goes into like the production of these animations. Being an illustrator, it takes a lot of work and a lot of hours go into that.
1: Interesting, and man, you don't stare at a screen, you are creating through a screen. Come on.
2: Okay, to rephrase, I'm not deadpan staring into a screen like it's the abyss, but they are just LEDs in a rectangle. After a while, you need to do something to stay energized.
1: You enjoy uh, feeling the wind on your face after a hard day of work.
3: Absolutely. And Stu, I heard you had a a pretty boring month in September here, so we don't need to go over that, or or do you want to (laughs) to chat about it?
1: No, it's all good. Took a month. I got engaged, became an uncle, and saw a lot of things from Tofino to Santa Monica. So it was good. Coming back refreshed, creative juices are flowing, got the opportunity to To think about the podcast, think about all sorts of different content. We want to get out to the people to give the people what they want. So a great sabbatical, although some people will call it a stewcation, I'm going to call it a sabbatical. I'm feeling ready to rock. Let's jump into uh, the more marketing-related part of the podcast. Gentlemen, over the summer, it was a wild one. And it seems to me that businesses and individuals with a strong social following are taking stronger social stances so i think the olden days of hey you work for me and i don't want you taking a political stance on anything for example everything that's happened at esbn with one of their female anchors coming out and saying some things about trump and esbn had to figure out how to play that so that's just one example but i know airbnb has been airing some equality ads same with nike so it just seems like certain brands and certain people are really using those platforms to communicate what their social beliefs are. I'm a huge believer that that is a smart idea, especially if your audience does have those values. So I just wanted to get your take. What do you think? Do you think the, the old days of, I don't want my people chiming in on politics is still going to be around? Or what, what do you think?
3: Well, yeah, very interesting topic. But I feel like personal brands in general have been growing exponentially. There's so many platforms where you can expand your own personal brand separate from your corporate entity that you're with. So these companies are actually hiring you because you have a large and well-established personal brand. So if you can't speak your mind, that's not authentic to your personal brand. It's more and more important in HR and actually selecting a job that you, you and your brand and your company's brand are aligned and you have the same values, which is very interesting. And I don't think it has been like that in the past.
1: A brilliant point. I totally agree. One of the unique experiences I had recently, and I'm gonna put this up on the blog. I'm actually scrolling through my phone right now to try and find it so I can read it to you guys. But one of the very interesting things in Portland was that how present businesses were about putting their beliefs right on the door Uh, definitely more small businesses than larger businesses for sure but it was very interesting so many restaurants had a pride flag so many said all races genders ethnicities etc etc are welcome here so I thought that was very very cool and I don't see it going anywhere soon I think More of that will happen too in times of unrest. But what I am going to do is I'll get this picture up on the blog, but they had signs and so many people from Portland had it on their lawn and it spoke what their political beliefs were. So I'll try and find that while you're giving your take, Noah, and uh, see if I can read it to the, the listeners.
2: It's important not to be narrow-minded and not to force your employees to think exactly the way you're thinking, because that's not how you progress as a company. You need different-minded people in order to contribute to the company. If you have a bunch of people just thinking the same way, they might be thinking about something that may not work, and if all your employees are thinking that way, your projects and company will not succeed. You need to be able to be critical about each other's opinions and have contrasting opinions in order to come to some kind of positive conclusion rather than all just saying yes to an idea that isn't working.
3: Exactly, and in an innovation sense or design think or creative environment, you can't have all the same kind of minded people really. You need different opinions and you need to have those things because that's how you make Great things.
1: No, I'm totally with you guys. So, this sign, and again, these were everywhere in Portland. In our America, all people are equal, love wins, black lives matter, immigrants and refugees are welcome, disabilities are respected, women are in charge of their bodies, people and planet are valued over profit, diversity is celebrated.
2: Yeah, those are American ideologies. That's what the country is supposed to be about.
1: Absolutely. I think one of the things that I like seeing was Airbnb had a great fit with their stand because travel, experiencing new cultures, new races, getting outside your comfort zone, learning a new city, that all fits with what they're about. And I think because they're such a good fit that that really worked with their marketing effort, that they were able to stand for those values. And obviously, if you appreciate travel, in order to travel, you have to have peace and that's obviously something they stand for. So big ups to the brands. I love too that people are using their platforms to speak their mind, kudos. Moving along. Gentlemen, it's been a debate around the office. A lot of talk recently about augmented reality and virtual reality. Noah, I know you have some strong opinions about creativity and these two different platforms, so to speak. So why don't you kick us off? What are are your thoughts, general thoughts arguments for or against just give me give me the the vibe that you're on right now
2: well just for the listeners i'd like to be clear what the differences between vr and ar are just in case we have any listeners who are new to the topic so ar stands for augmented reality and that is your reality with additional annotations or improvements to that reality but you're not taken away from it it's just an extension and an addition to the reality to improve upon it Whereas VR or virtual reality is literally an escape from your current reality and is fabricated and artificial and completely different from the one that you're presently in. AR is fantastic for function. I believe that it's great to help us improve our lives or our driving. So for instance, on many vehicles, you have that screen that will show you where you're backing up to when you do your parking. And that's a great feature and it helps a lot of people. So I find that to be a great use of augmented reality. I feel that VR is a lot more for entertainment purposes. It's a lot more for forum purposes and less functional. I find that VR is a great opportunity to create products, apps, and games that are taking us away from our current reality. To recreate your existing reality in virtual reality, to me, seems counterproductive.
3: When I was in uh, Dallas there, I tried VR for my first time. And my main takeaway was, one, it gave me a stomach ache. I felt kind of nauseous, just like when I go to uh, 3D films. Secondly, I was on a roller coaster and it was the HTC Vive. The graphics weren't good, but it somehow the sound and the pairing with the looking around made it feel like I was nowhere near a Windows store where I was trying this out. I understand how this would be useful and where people are going with it. I know there's a company out of Manitoba called grid where you could actually take VR tours around a potential apartment that you might want to look at saving time and fuel um you can look at five apartments from a VR set uh, rather than driving an hour and a half to five apartments i guess my other point is sometimes i wonder if they pare down the graphics cuz it would be too real if you were if you were looking around and it was like real life but you were in a headset
1: i think they're going to go full tail and if I'm a travel agency, I'd probably be shaking in my boots right now because I see some weird things happening. If you, can, if you can really master it and fake it, you know, sky's the limit. So what I mean by that is if, like you're saying, you know, you didn't feel like you were in a window store. So let's say I'm trying to figure out where I should travel next. I have an app and all of a sudden I'm walking through Amsterdam and then I wanna go through New York. How real can you make these things go? And the other thing I got a question, I'm no expert in AR or VR, but Noah, how do you fake the body in terms of, let's say I want to travel and I want to be on a beach. I throw on my VR headset, but I'm not going to feel the, the rays in Winnipeg. You know what I mean? So like right now, I still feel as though you're never going to be able to totally put someone in a different world. And maybe I'm wrong.
2: Well VR is also very primitive. As far as I know, the HTC Vive is the only VR headset that has motion tracking devices that come with it. So Google Cardboard is like a lower end VR headset, where it's essentially your phone strapped to your face and you'll get the 3D experience, but you won't necessarily have the atmosphere moving with you as you would with the HTC Vive. The whole part of having a space to move around in is like super exciting, and that puts the Vive ahead of all the other VR devices in stores.
1: It's crazy we're even having this conversation because it's come such a long way. You actually redeveloped one of the rooms in your house, right? So it could be a VR studio?
2: Yeah, that's right. I essentially gutted one of the old rooms in my place, and now it's just going to be an empty white room with a table, my Vive headset, and my desktop computer. One thing about the Vive is it's not the most approachable for consumers. It requires a very powerful computer that not every average Joe is going to want to invest in. If you're wondering about VR and you want to try it out, I highly recommend Google Cardboard and just throwing in your phone. That is a very approachable way of experiencing VR. And if you enjoy that, save up and buy a new computer and invest in the HTC Vive.
1: Or you'll end up visiting a business, right? I have a buddy who's living on King Street West in Toronto. I was just there and he was trying to take me to a VR studio.
2: VR cafes. Yeah, it reminds me of when internet cafes were a thing, and now it's in everyone's homes. How long until everyone has VR just like they have internet?
3: Yeah, and, and for businesses to actually someone in a position where they can view your brand from a kind of 360 degree view or a immersive view, like there's options like that Google Cardboard is fairly cheap option to actually Help you express your brand in a different way, which is pretty fun. We did that for Alcohol and Analytics, and for Noah here with his VR room. I have a friend, an engineer friend, actually working on an omnidirectional treadmill, so maybe
1: you can get oh. a prototype. Oh, that's very cool. What I like most about the topic is where it's going and just how disruptive technology could be like that. I'm just, you know, I have a Ring Central meeting. I just got a reminder for coming up, and. You know how's that? How are WebExes and web conferences and all that going to work? If I can actually shake your hand, you're in China and we're doing business, and we can throw on some VRs. Like, think about the cost savings and the impact on the travel agency. So, or travel industry. Sorry. Anyway, it's it's weird and wild times, and we'll be on top of it. Actually, a, a bit of a plug here for Sherpa. I know I'm already. Always thinking about that next thing. He has our entire programming team working on some AR, VR stuff. So it's a a bit under wraps. It's all happening in KW, so I don't know too much of what's going on, but what I hear through the grapevine is it's exciting stuff.
3: And on the AR side, augmented reality, the phones that we have in our hands, so Google Pixel, the new one that just came out, the two, and then Samsung, their most recent phone, actually you can hold up your camera to any storefront or um, monument or pretty much product and it'll do a Google search and find either a local listing or search results, shopping results based on what your camera's seeing. So those local searches are, I mean, we're thinking about voice search, but what about camera search? That's going to be important in the Google world, in the in the being present in the moment world. So
1: yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. I always battle with myself because obviously there's so much tech that's beneficial So much tech that makes our lives better, easier, allows us more time. But then the flip side of that is, there's something to say for just getting out there and not being so integrated with technology. But my goodness, when you're really out there, like if you're in the backcountry skiing or when we were doing some hiking and you get that no wireless, you get that your phone's completely useless out here. It's interesting just the, the mental reaction to that. So in any event, it's, uh, it's going to be cool also just to see from a psychological and emotional perspective how this integration with technology, you know, how we evolve, right? Because that's what's happening. It's an evolution of humanity with technology. Not to go too philosophical here, but cool. Well, that was a, a great discussion. Noah, glad to have you on the pod. You really know your stuff from the AR and VR so that was cool. A learning experience for yours truly, for sure. The gentleman, like I was saying, I was doing a bit of traveling and one of the things that was interesting to me is the peer-to-peer marketing movement. I'm gonna call it a movement and how it's impacted tourism. So it's very interesting to me now and, and if I'm opening up a shop or a, a restaurant or a bar, etc., how I would go about marketing it to tourists and how important that would be because- In all honesty, everything now seems to be word of mouth. When I'm doing those Google searches, I'm looking at what those Google reviews are. I'm looking at TripAdvisor, and it's all that peer-to-peer ranking system. What I want to ask you guys is, have you had an experience like that where you feel like the word of mouth marketing has led your adventures and your travels?
3: Yeah, to bring up Dallas again, we were staying in this cool little area where we rented a house on Airbnb, and it was right next to a strip of mostly restaurants and some kind of cafes and bars, and there was this one ramen house that we kept on walking by, never really had a, a curiosity to go in and check out, and we were looking on the last day for some good sushi, and we started trying to Google different sushi restaurants, and our Lift driver, ended up recommending a ramen house that was down the street, but we would have never went and looked at a menu or looked at the food. And we switched from sushi to ramen, and it was like one of the best restaurants in the city, but we wouldn't have known that without word of mouth. And then once we Googled it, we looked at the reviews, five stars, hundreds and hundreds of reviews, but walking by it or thinking about the name didn't do anything for us. It was word of mouth plus Googling it.
1: Absolutely on the blog, this legend that a person in our Airbnb provided us, and essentially what he did at work was created a legend of all the different iconic spots to hit in Portland, and then categorized it by the type of service it was, whether it was a bar, restaurant, and then categorized it in like type of food, hours, and you could do all these different filters. It's just very interesting that it's gotten so so tacky. And the last thing, I wanted to say on it, just a personal story, I think that people are becoming much more aware of their customer service and the impact that that has. So in one of the places we had visited, we got uh, a yurt. So just like a really tiny cabin style thing. And there was a mouse in there. So we didn't have a good night's sleep. I talked to Die, and, and we weren't sure if we are actually gonna let them know. But then we thought, man, people are borderline gonna be bringing their kids into these yurts, probably not a good idea because they would probably like to know. So long story short, I took pictures of the like mouse poo or whatever, knowing that that was gonna help my case. And sure enough, there was a bit of a back and forth about the mouse issue. But then as soon as I brought the phone out with pictures, knowing the damage that could do if I was to put that on a Google review, comped the entire stay.
3: Scat mail. No, blackmail or Airbnb blackmail.
1: or what? No, it wasn't an Airbnb. It was the yurt, uh, like the resort we were at. The place was awesome, but it's just interesting to me that it changed as soon as she saw the picture, because that was an asset I could use to take them down. Not that I wanted to. I'm not trying to be, <laughs> and I obviously was very nice about it. But it's just interesting that you, your customer service, has a new expectation now because everything can be shared so easily. So you really have to be on your game and anytime you're off your game, you can lose some serious points with people.
3: Right now I'm imagining Stu slipping a blank envelope underneath the door of the landlord and they open it up and there's like, there's like private eye pictures of like these mice and he, he's sitting there like waiting for the response. It was pretty close to
1: that, I'm not gonna lie.
2: Well, think of how many people you could have shared that story with had they not resolved the problem. That could have been it for that service. No one wants to stay at a place with an infestation.
1: But at the end of the day, it is a cottage and stuff like that's going to happen, right? So I thought they played it the right way. And uh, you know what? Just going to throw it out there. Give it a shout out. In Oregon, if you're ever looking to scope waterfalls, there's 10 in one uh, park area called Silver Falls. These people are great. They're going to hook you up. Everything was superb about our stay with the exception of what went down with the mouse. So yeah, there you go. They got a shout out. I would definitely go back 100% we were talking about it.
2: You know, I never thought about customer service and user experience as much as I do now since meeting the both of
1: you. Appreciate it, Noah. Appreciate it. Yeah, and
3: this dude really knows how to complain. So.
1: <laughs> I do. I love building out the business case as to why should be helped out. Sometimes it's easier than others, but typically you just got to keep talking.
3: It's because Stu's a customer service driven man himself. So that's what we do
1: here at Tripa, and expect the same results. Absolutely. Cool. Well, I had one more thing I wanted to talk about, but all I'm going to do is give a teaser. We want to discuss a very interesting topic in the next pod or a future pod, which is going to touch on moral philosophy and its impact with things like self-driving cars. This is a big and very interesting topic and why I wanted to plug it was recently mercedes got some negative publicity from certain groups in Europe because their CEO said their the self-driving car that they're developing protects the driver in all scenarios, regardless over if there is that decision where it's you could kill a few people or sacrifice the person or persons in the car. They say their job is to protect the person, which makes sense. They're manufacturing a car for a buyer, right? And if you want, if you're gonna buy the car, it should be safe. Anyway, very interesting and fascinating topic. Gonna tease it right now, and we're gonna talk about it on a future pod. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the ad of the week. It's been too long. I can't even remember what link I threw into our Slack thread for the best ad. Let's crack it open. Here you go, gentlemen. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth
0: is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful. But we have lost the way. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. Don't give yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines, you are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You, the people, have the power. The power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure.
1: What a fitting ad for the way this podcast went. We're talking about the tax scene. And we have Jackson Hole Resort in Wyoming telling us to get back to humanity and to stay wild. That had me fired
3: up, my friends. So this is a resort, right? For snowboarding, skiing.
1: Correct, I think Marty Fisher's going this year, actually.
3: Yeah, my girlfriend has actually been as well. I have a Jackson Hole t-shirt. And at one point I thought, hey, I would love to go there. It looks like a lot of fun, uh, safe place to ski, safe place to snowboard, uh, probably some good bars around there and then they just show a grizzly bear and a wolf? That doesn't make me feel comfortable at all.
1: I think it was a Kodiak is what it looked like to me.
3: A grizzly bear. Maybe that is a grizzly bear. That's the type of things that you're telling me are at your resort?
2: That shows that it's a natural environment. That shows the quality of it. You're not just gonna go to a resort where there's pop-up stands all over the place. You wanna go somewhere where you're escaping from all that commercial nonsense. And where there's
3: bears, there's adventure.
1: Where there's bears, there's adventure. I like it.
3: I'm about that Singapore, China, biodome type skier. <laughs>
1: yeah, whenever I get Mikey down to the cottage, he's hesitant to take a dip in the old lake, afraid of those things called leeches.
2: Well, I don't know too many people who like leeches.
1: But what's the big deal?
2: They suck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Zing! Noah, I see you like the grizzly bear. What, what do you like? What do you not like?
2: Yeah, it got me pumped up. I thought it was going to be something for like the North Face or Mountain Equipment Co-op though. I did not think ski resort right off the hop, but I felt it was very inspirational. I don't know if it's enough to make me go to a ski resort though, I might not be the demographic either, but if it was for MEC, that would get me in the store and buying product.
1: So it's funny you mention that. That's actually what I really like about the ad because it's not centric on the actual resort itself and there wasn't a whole lot of branding about Jackson Hole. It just finishes off with Stay, stay Wild and Mikey you and know, I jammed on advertising we like and that's a, a common theme is stick to the aspirations, stick to the meaning and the value and let your brand kind of follow that. So I wanna sell you on the element of staying wild, and then if you wanna to come to Jackson Hole, please do. But I'm sure if you're thinking about going on a ski trip, you're probably gonna remember Jackson Hole because of that ad.
2: Well, yeah, the branding is secondary to selling the emotion and the feeling behind that sort of trip.
1: Absolutely, like even with iPhones, like back in the day, if you remember, when they were booming, not to say they're not booming, they still have a lot of exciting stuff going on, but you're not getting too deep into product features in your advertising. You're selling aspiration, right? You're selling creativity. And that was the big 1984 ad where she throws the hammer through the video wall or whatever, the like revolt against big brother. One of, if not the most well-known ad of all time, but that's what you're doing, right? You're selling the aspiration. So with that, I'm gonna give it a, a four and a half out of five.
3: I'll give it a four. Safety is important to me, so that extra point is, yeah, not getting there. You're not getting a five.
1: Noah, what do you got?
3: I'll give it a
2: four, and the reason it's not a five is I thought it was for a different service. To me, it wasn't obvious, and it doesn't always have to be. Uh, I thought I was just a little caught off that it wasn't what I thought it was for.
1: Let me ask you this. Does this make you want to hop on the old bike and get wild tonight?
2: It makes me want to do more winter-related activities. And it's coming up, so that's good. That's
1: a win, ladies and gentlemen. I feel like Noah just was
3: very excited to buy a new sweater. And then he was like, well, where do I get my sweater from?
1: (laughs) Fair enough. And we're gonna get you a t-shirt, my friend. And it is gonna say, where there's bears, there's adventure.
2: Or leeches suck. Yeah,
1: her leeches suck. We're gonna get on that. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that is a wrap. Thanks for uh, tuning in. We're going to have more out there for you. Sorry it's been uh, a little while. You can holler at me on Twitter, at StuSetIt. I got my man Noah. Shout out your handle.
2: Follow nhurley94 on Instagram or visit my website, nhurley.com. Mikey B. Who's
3: that, Mike B? You know me?
1: Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We will holler at you soon.